people! <laughs> Hello, people looking at this glorious haircut of mine. I feel like I'm glowing today. You do look particularly glowy. I've changed up my skincare routine. I don't really want to get into it right now because <laughs> it's not the time or place. Okay. But I do think it's like really working for me. I, I mean, from what I can tell on this very medium quality video that we use to <laughs> look at each other while we record, it looks fantastic. Well, thank you. Uh-huh. I am excited because I just watched the halftime show and I okay. really want, I don't want to waste any time. I okay, want to get right into it. Let's dig in. What were your thoughts? I loved it. Okay. I think it might be my favorite Super Bowl halftime show performance ever. Wow. It was this beautiful tribute to hip hop and just thinking about even in our lifetime, how much like hip-hop and rap as a genre has become more accepted by people. Like, this could never have happened 20 years ago. Right. And to, like, see it celebrated. And I've been seeing a lot of people saying how, like, dated some of the performers were, but I thought it was a great spectrum of, like, people from the early 90s. Then you mm -hmm. have, like, 50 Cent Eminem, and then you had Kendrick, and then Mary J. Blige is, like, timeless. Right. So I felt like it was, like, the a really nice mix of performers. Like, Kendrick Lamar is not, like, an old-school no. rapper. Like, not he's very relevant still, and one of my favorites. So I loved it. I loved that Eminem knelt, and they told him not to. Yeah, I mean, good for him for doing it because what were they going to say in the middle of his performance right exactly i feel like especially with like kendrick i could have seen him making more of a political statement because that's kind of what he does with yeah. everything that he does a lot of his performances but every performance was the kind of performance that a general audience could have fun with and appreciate i liked it i didn't think it was quite the spectacle that some are you know it it wasn't Lady Gaga wasn't uh, Madonna, wasn't Katy Perry, but, you know, obviously with those artists, that's not what they were going for. You know, none of those artists are known for these big bombastic performances. They are known for, uh, I mean, right. with the exception of maybe MJB to some <laughs> extent, but uh, yeah, I thought it was just a cool, chill performance and very well done. You know, it yeah. was just entertaining. and It felt very fitting for the Super Bowl being hosted in L.A. It did, yeah. Like, it just felt exactly right to me. And, mm -hmm. like, I don't know, even, like, the map of the city, like, on the ground mm -hmm. at the beginning that they showed was cool. It was... I appreciated that it was understated because sometimes those, like, overblown performances just don't, to me like as a viewer on TV, they don't always translate super well. Like I That's think Lady true. Gaga's was great, mm -hmm. but sometimes just like the combination of the sound of the crowd and like the live or not live vocals happening. And then mm -hmm. just like the camera just can't really, it probably looks so cool in the stadium, but it just doesn't look as cool on your TV screen. Yeah. I would say last year's with The weekend was 
sort of, I, I think, fits the description that you just said. Really? Um, be, well, only because the stadium was mostly empty, you know, it, like oh, being yeah. still in the thick of COVID, there was not much of a crowd there. And that allowed them or maybe even forced them to do some things a little bit differently that they wouldn't have done. And it felt, I don't know, just more... Uh, it wasn't like an, a live organic performance in the way that it seemed like this year's Super Bowls was. Just all felt very, I don't know, like there was a narrative story being told as a part of the promotion that The Weeknd had been doing for his previous album that he'd put out in 2020 right. and all of that and sort of culminated in that Super Bowl performance and the average person on the street probably wasn't going to get that you know if they weren't a fan of his already none of what he was doing was going to make sense and it was probably just kind of disorienting yeah. and alienating for some people whereas last night's was the opposite of that because no one performing has really had a <laughs> you know a quote-unquote hit the people watching this video can see my air quotes that i did there <laughs> but you know in well kendrick has you know not put anything out in a couple years now has he yeah it's been i think damn came out when i was still living in pennsylvania mm -hmm. so and it's been i think eminem had an album out a couple years ago maybe but that yeah has his returns have diminished from his heyday for sure. That's definitely so, true. Yeah. It was cool seeing those two perform back to back because in my mind, I've always had this debate about like in terms of just sheer ability to rap, not mm -hmm. nothing else like flow in my head. Kendrick and Eminem are the two best of all time. Oh, okay. And so to see them go back to back, I gotta say, I think I felt like... I might say Eminem edged him out a little bit, in my mm -hmm. opinion. I think some of Eminem's was definitely pre-recorded, but, like, even just hearing, like, the songs back-to-back, -back, I was like, you know what? Eminem's flow, it cannot be disputed. It is phenomenal. And people discounting him, like, I've had conversations with people about the greatest, like, rappers and just, like, sheer, like, ability. Mm -hmm. And some people, like, discount him, and I don't see how you could. He is so like fast and articulate at the same time like you always know what he's saying mm -hmm. and it's just like it's insane to me i it makes me want to go back and listen to a lot of his music that i haven't heard in a long time i am not quite the hip-hop aficionado that you are <laughs> so i can't i i don't have a stake in this <laughs> argument i guess but i will trust your judgment i I thought as someone who does not partake in much rap music listening, I say as a very white person, that's probably the whitest way that I can say that, that uh, <laughs> I trust your judgment that Eminem is indeed the greatest of all time. He might be. It might be Kendrick, but it might be Eminem. I don't, I actually don't want to say for certain. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to edit that out of the episode, yeah. actually. What did you think about the actual game? I didn't get to see any of it. Oh, okay. I ended up doing Uber Eats deliveries all through the game, but mm. I did see that LA won. I was mm -hmm. happy about... I, I would have been happy with either team winning, but I used to be a really big Detroit Lions fan because, mm -hmm. like, they're so bad. I wanted to be a fan for so long that I could say that I was a fan when they won no games in a season <laughs> and then, like, eventually became good which still hasn't happened mm -hmm. but Matt Stafford used to be the quarterback for the Detroit Lions so it oh, was okay. really great to see him 
go to a team where he can actually win because like he is incredible mm. and so in that way i feel very happy for him but i i don't know you watched all of it right you had a super bowl party i had some people over to watch it yes and i did not actually watch all of it i only watched from a little before halftime to the end because i was just you know talking hosting to some friends yes but yeah i thought it was one of the better games that I've seen at the Super Bowl. Not that I am always very invested in the Super Bowl, but I can at least always sit down and watch a game of football and enjoy it. I don't give a hoot about, like, which team is playing who and why their defense is not going to stack up and what happens if this team wins the wild card. And, like, I don't care about the league. I just, like, can enjoy a game of football. And then when that game is done move on with my life. (laughs) And so that's why I pretty much only watched the Super Bowl. And I, like, it was a close game for most of it, and Cincinnati was ahead for a lot of it, and the Rams just clenched it in the last, I want to say, like, a minute and a half, two minutes, something like that. Like, they got a touchdown and came back and sealed the deal. So, good for them. I always like rooting for an underdog, though, and Cincinnati seemed to be the underdog. Most of the people that I was watching it with were my homosexual friends and a lot of people were seeing stuff online that was like i bet on the Bengals because their helmets were prettier (laughs) who let me do that who let me watch the super bowl as a gay person things like that yeah i'm guessing that you've not seen any of the commercials then either i've seen kanye's commercial which kanye just really had a day yesterday i don't know if you followed any of what what was happening with him on instagram no i don't think i did he's been like I mean, he's been popping off, if, if I can say that still in 2022, for a while about, like, Kim and Pete Davidson and not being able to see his kids. We talked about that a little yeah. bit last week. But on the day of the Super Bowl, he probably posted, like, 50 times. Like, he was just, like, posting all day long. And I guess he took some of his kids to the Super Bowl. Mm. And it was just... It's intense. Like, I actually just thought the Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian thing was, like, fake. Like, I didn't think that they were actually dating. But whether it's real or not, in Kanye's mind, I think he thinks it is real. Mm -hmm. And he's, like, but he, like, photoshopped, like, this poster of the Avengers with, like, him and all his friends on one side. And then, like, Kim and Pete and, like, his enemies on the other (laughs) side. Like, it's pretty unhinged, but all day he was like, I get to go to the Super Bowl. Like, the Super Bowl is a spiritual event. Like, every post, it's all caps. And he was just, like, hyped about, like, going to the Super Bowl. And he was, like, trending on Twitter higher than the Super Bowl was trending. And he was, like, trended higher than the Super Bowl on Super Bowl Sunday. Like, uh-uh. just, it was it was pretty nuts. But I saw his McDonald's commercial. I think it was I... McDonald's. Okay, I did not see that. Um, okay. That must have been during the first quarter and a half that I did not see. So yeah. most of the commercials that I did see were a little underwhelming to me. I guess not a whole okay. lot of them were that memorable. There was one for GM where they bring back Dr. Evil and all of his minions from the Austin Powers movies. And hmm. it was just like a, a fun little nostalgia moment, but also <laughs> like made no real sense for why it was them like isn't that guy dead now mike myers oh i guess i was thinking of mini me mini me yes he Vern troyer died several years ago but like everyone else seth green and rob lowe and mini sterling and mike myers as dr evil were all there it was about how gm is shifting to 
all electric vehicles in, well, I think 2035 is their cutoff date, but they said by 2025, they will have 30 electric vehicles in production wow. globally. So good for them and good for Earth, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. I All my dad wanted to talk about when I was home visiting was how on earth people in Clearfield are going to have electric cars when there's nowhere to charge them. Uh-huh. And this came up probably like five or six times <laughs> over the like, week or so I was home. I don't know. Hmm. I did want to say, I think it was during the Super Bowl, or it's just like serendipitous that it came out yesterday, but there's a teaser trailer for the Lord of the Rings Amazon series out. Mm -hmm. I was actually going to bring that up, yes. Did you see it? I did see it, and it looks fine, in my opinion. Well, I will say that the group of us that were watching it, one, like, did not know that, you know, the series was even happening. Um, so did not know if it was animated or live action. And oh. um, he actually made a point, like, based on the images that we were seeing in the trailer. Is that, like, real people or is that animated? Yeah. And, like, I knew that it was real people, but I was like, I totally understand where you are coming from here because it just looks fake. Like, there's a uh -huh. weird sheen to on everything. everything. Yes. That, it's, that, like, too like, shiny is yes. how I, I said it. Uh-huh. I, I, okay, I am, I would say the Lord, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I. No, go ahead. I would say the Lord of the Rings original trilogy is, as, like, a whole, like, if you count it all as, like, one movie, is, like, mm -hmm. my favorite, one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm -hmm. And I think what made them so special is that it was the perfect blend of special effects, yes, but also practical effects mm -hmm. and utilizing nature and, yeah. like, costuming that was grounded in reality. Like, there's a shot in that trailer of a waterfall, and it's, like, clearly just a CGI waterfall. Yeah. And I feel as though if it had been made in the same style as the movies, they would have found an actual waterfall and filmed it and maybe enhanced it somewhat, but like everything seemed just so unnecessarily like fake to me. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have that same spark to it that the original movies like created by doing a combination of of things to it, like all the different kinds of effects. That's what yeah. made them feel real. Right. I don't know. I'm I'm still going to, I'll watch an episode to see what it's like, but I don't think I'm going to like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I would say I enjoyed the Lord of the Rings movies, but I wasn't like the hugest fan of them. But I definitely feel like after seeing that trailer, I would take the movies any day over this new series. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's weird to me that Amazon would pour so much money into it. And that's something that we talked about in our Game of Thrones part two. It's the biggest budget television show of all time. Mm -hmm. Over a billion dollars invested by Amazon in it already for two seasons of this show. Yep. And like, it would have been pretty easy for them to find physical locations yeah. to actually, you know, or build physical locations. Like, if you're spending a billion dollars, you can build a working waterfall. That's exactly what I said. Like, yes. So, I, it's just, I don't know. 
weird to me that they would let something come out like that that i didn't see you know any other reaction online but the general consensus in the room was that it's not something that we were excited for based on that trailer yeah so it it's gonna be weird like i found out the basic plot of it and so like basically it's chronicling the events leading up to this like evil guy losing like the ring of power which is basically if you've seen the movies is like the very first scene in the first movie is like this flashback with like Galadriel narrating being like and Sauron's army and and, Mm -hmm. the finger literally gets cut off and then Mm -hmm. like you see it you know whatever so it's like gonna be following the events like leading up to that big battle that happened you know thousands of years before the events of the trilogy which is fine Mm -hmm. but it makes me wonder how on earth you're going to get people invested in completely fake new made-up characters and if you already know where it's going to end and you've already seen it in the movies like it just feels like what is going to even happen and like what are the these like personal character arcs like that's what Zach kept saying is like if the chemistry between the cast isn't there and the arcs for the characters are lacking in any way like why would you watch the show which I mean they could be there that could be Mm -hmm. there but in the trailer you barely even see any two characters in a scene together true so like that camaraderie is built into the original story obviously but they did a great job casting the movies Mm -hmm. because those people became like brothers in real life and not translated to the screen right and that was probably in part because they were all stuck in new zealand together you know like they were in the same physical space actually having these incredible opportunities to do things and see things that they never would otherwise and it seems from you know this trailer that the cast was probably just in front of a A blue screen screen yeah in in a warehouse in london somewhere or yep. not like, I don't know where they filmed it, but it doesn't matter because they created all the imagery with computers anyway. So it, I don't know. Yeah. I, I just think it it's not what I would have hoped to see with this particular project. And we'll see if Amazon regrets it. <laughs> I mean, it's, if people are still going to watch it, of course, just to try it out and give it a chance. But Will it become the juggernaut that Amazon is banking on it becoming? After this first taste, I am skeptical. Yeah. If anyone listening has never watched any of the behind the scenes features for the original trilogy of movies, I would definitely highly recommend them because it gets really into how everything was made. I mean, I always use the example of like all of the chain mail in that movie was handmade and the people making it rubbed their fingerprints off putting those Mm. chain pieces together like Mm -hmm. that kind of it's it was incredible to me like as a teenager watching them for the first time like it made me it's probably one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to go into like filmmaking and go to school for filmmaking because like the craftsmanship that went into those movies is like absolutely insane like they would make miniatures of all the sets in like five or six different sizes sometimes just to get the the shots of them and like the big aerial things and so then you're putting like something physical like digitally putting a physical miniature in like a larger scale like actual environment to make it look real I don't know anyway I would highly recommend watching them if you want to just 
see the amount of skill that went into making those movies, I guess. And I will vouch for that suggestion because I did buy the two-disc special edition DVDs of each movie one year on Black Friday at Walmart, like several <laughs> years after they came out. They were $1.97 each. Wow. And I was like, oh, okay, I will own the whole trilogy for $6, of course. And th- I would say it's one of the few movies or movie franchises, I guess, since it was all three, for which I have watched the special features multiple times. Me too! I just thought that they were, like, fascinating. Like, yeah. I I actually really enjoyed getting to see all the behind-the-scenes stuff for each movie, and I definitely, like you, would recommend it as I, I don't know, peek behind the curtain. It's quite clear to me that with this Amazon series, we are not going to have that no. same kind of special individual touch that you got a lot of with the people working on the movies. I want to offer you guys a little peek behind our curtain right now. How do you like that, <laughs> that segue? Okay. I don't know if it's a good or bad idea to bring this up, but thinking about this Lord of the Rings series that's coming to Amazon made me think of the Game of Thrones spinoff series that's coming. First, I put a little Instagram story up on our Instagram asking people if they liked the ending of Game of Thrones and every single person that responded said no. Hmm. And which goes in line with like us talking about it and saying that like a lot of fans were probably lost. But also Game of Thrones has been one of our least well-received episodes. Like I really expected a lot of people to want to listen to it, Mm -hmm. which makes me think maybe people really are just over it because of the way it ended. And I have a really bad feeling that the spinoff show is not going to be well-received. Yeah, that's a valid point. I don't know if it's just that, like, we aren't hitting at the right time, uh, that, you know, Game of Thrones is just out of the zeitgeist right now, and that's why people weren't as interested. But yeah, it could very well be that people are just done with it and are not going to return for the spinoff. And I will be interested to see how that looks visually. Same. Whenever we finally get some footage from that, because I... You know, Game of Thrones itself was such, you know, an epic series. And I think similar to what, you know, you said about the Lord of the Rings movies, you had these incredible actual sets. You know, they were filming in real locations so much of the time that it still had a very authentic feel to it, even if there were dragons flying around, even if there were, you know, giants and white walkers and all of this stuff. There was still a more grounded element to it, and it will be... Interesting to see if they go about this prequel in the same way. They don't have a release date still for that, do they? That you've seen? I don't think so. Yeah, I haven't seen one. So, oh well, we'll wait and see. I was just going to say, too, I should have thought of this before our last week's minisode, but we are recording this on Valentine's Day. It will be after (laughs) Valentine's Day for everyone else. But I just wanted to put you on the spot here and ask if you have any favorite valentine's day tv episodes wow i should have given you a little warning for this maybe (laughs) sorry okay so the only like true valentine's day episodes i can think of right now are the community episodes or episode i don't even know if they did Did more than than one one? i don't remember i don't know but i will say that i don't know if they're technically like Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day episodes, or maybe they just aired around Valentine's Day, or maybe they didn't. But Buffy has 
some really funny episodes dealing with like love spells. Mm. I and one of them, I I think it's in season. Th- I don't know why I say it. I think I know it's in season three, <laughs> <laughs> and it is uh, Xander. He and Willow end up like cheating with each other when like mm. Willow's dating Oz. Xander's dating Cordelia. And so Willow tries to do an anti-love spell, but instead of it working properly, it makes all women in the entire world fall in love with Xander. (laughs) The only woman it doesn't work on is Cordelia. She's the only one that's like still treating him normally. And so they have this great scene where they're like barricaded in Buffy's basement as like Joyce, Buffy's mom, is like trying to break down the door and there's just hordes of women coming in and trying to like kill Cordelia so they can be with Xander and it's hilarious and it's like a very fun it would be a very fun Valentine's Day episode I'm gonna guess it probably did air around Valentine's Day but I really have no idea that does sound fun yeah do you have any um so I was thinking about it and I know that I've seen like plenty of Valentine's Day episodes on certain shows but the only ones that like really stick out in my mind probably because I've seen them dozens of times are 30 Rocks Valentine's Day episodes (laughs) okay they have a couple but I think my favorite is probably the one where Liz Lemon is single and trying to prove that she doesn't need a man in her life despite her many attempts to date people so she decides to schedule herself a root canal for february 14th and is not uh, celebrating valentine's day but instead celebrates anna howard shaw day which is the birthday of famed american suffragette anna howard shaw and then she goes for her root canal and finds out that she's not able to leave until she has someone to take her home oh my like because she's gonna be under anesthesia and so like she's trying to find anyone to actually pick her up so that she can have the surgery and you know she can't like she's going back through the men that she has dated in the past trying to find someone and it's just kind of this sad statement but also a little bit profound i guess and very funny too and in the end it's jack donaghy of course who ends up picking her up and she's you know, under anesthesia, she puts a frozen toaster waffle in her DVD player and then watches it for an hour and says Nicole Kidman should win an Oscar for it. She <laughs> thinks that her houseplant is Bon Jovi and starts trying to make out with him. So it's, you know, it's just a fun, stupid little episode, but I always laugh a lot at it. So that's funny. Yeah. I like anything that's like someone saying they don't need a man, but then like <laughs> there's an episode of Sex in the City like that where Samantha gets sick. And Mm. she's, like, calling all these guys to come over and help, like, fix Uh, her curtains that have fallen down. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I love that kind of a storyline, even Mm -hmm. though it's probably, like, not feminist of me to say that I love that kind of a storyline. As long as it's funny and, you know, it's fine. We'll brush it under the carpet. Well? Well, I guess, (laughs) unless you have anything else to add, we'll wrap it up here and get on with our Valentine's Day. Yeah, I think I'm good. I would encourage everyone to follow us on Instagram if you haven't already. Share an episode with a friend and follow us on TikTok at Televisionary Pod. That's right. And yeah. we will... Ooh. Oh, yes, Elena? Just really fast. I also want to let anyone listening know that I have now started uploading the full video of our mini-sodes so you get to see all the weird stuff we do while we're recording our awkward picking of the nose or whatever but if you feel like watching it instead of listening to it you can it's on our youtube channel 
Yay. For the record, I don't think I picked my nose once during this recording. I just touched my nose. It wasn't actual picking. Okay. Sure, it wasn't. I I feel like my, in general, my gestures and my posture and shifting of my legs to recirculate the blood and everything, it, it was not as awkward as it usually is when we No, you were very good. So. Oh, thank you. I think you were too. But you're usually oh. a lot better than I am, I think. <laughs> See, I feel like I move all the time. <laughs> you can judge for yourselves, listeners, yes. by checking out the YouTube videos right now. All righty, right. well... Well, I've been Cody Hoffman. And I've been Elena Hillard. Thank you so much for listening, and catch you next time. Bye! Bye Bye-bye! Thanks for listening to Televisionary. If you like what you heard, share this episode with a friend. You can follow us on Instagram at Televisionary Podcast, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. Bye!